Welcome to Seeking God's Grace podcast, a place to share stories about life, faith and passion. My name is Grace and I am a sister of the Holy Family of Nazareth, or as some prefer to say, I'm a Catholic nun. I hope that this podcast will help you and me to find God in everyday life experiences and to understand God and yourself a little bit better. Let's talk and seek God together. Here it is another day, another time when I'm very blessed to be able to talk to you. Hello to everyone. In the last episode, we were talking about the Holy Spirit and the fruits and gifts of the Holy Spirit we receive in our life. I wonder, have you had a chance to think about what could be something you need the most or uh, you will work on this year so much? All of those uh, gifts and spirits which we learned about in episode 12 are pretty much something what we receive every day and what is our task for life. So I encourage you, if you missed the previous episode, please go back. Episode 12 about the birth of the church, birthday of the church and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Something possibly which you could give uh, as a suggestion for uh, yourself or for other people who might benefit from it. Today, I would like to continue the topic of disappointing God. That is from episode 11. We already said in the episode that it is actually impossible to disappoint God. I proposed in my little reflection two simple reasons. Because his love to us is unconditional and because God sees the bigger picture of everything. So even if something disappoints us, it's actually not really disappointing God because he already knows what we will do on what will happen even if we don't see that. I had a very um, interesting conversations after this episode 11 with people who listened to it because people were saying, I needed to hear that. People were saying, I, I really needed to be confirmed in my life that whatever I do, it's not a disappointment to God. I needed to be reaffirmed that whatever I do, it's actually, in a sense, something what God understands. So consequently, to disappoint God um, is really impossible. So I'm, I'm grateful for uh, all of you who gave me this feedback. I'm really happy that uh, you want to interact. Usually it's through private messages. Please don't forget that you can also do it by leaving your review, especially on Spotify or any other platforms in which you will find um, this uh, uh, podcast. So what's today? Consequently, if you think about disappointing someone, you might be thinking about also impressing someone. It's almost the same reality, but shows um, differences from which perspective you look at it. So today, I would like to offer a few thoughts about impressing God. Let's simplify the question. Can we impress God? Your first reaction might be, I don't try to impress God. Well, <laughs> Maybe yes, maybe not. 
But the reality is that of uh, all of us, that we actually do try to impress God. And unfortunately, it is directly, very strongly, very closely connected with our image of God's love, our image of God. Very often, instead of unconditional love that God has to us, we see it as transactional love. So what does that mean? What kind of transaction are we, are we talking about here? Very simple. I will be good. God will be happy. I will get a start in heaven. So consequently, I need to do more good things and get more stars to go to heaven. This is transactional love. How many of you have been brought up in your life in fight that way? And But how many of you, when you became parents, actually did it to your own children in a very same way? Well, you will be good, you will get the reward. You will be bad, you will get the punishment. All of this is it's part of growing up in real life or, or in life in faith, but cannot be an essence, cannot be the only thing that we experience or we teach others. Uh, just recently, I saw this little... I can't remember, was it, was it a short video or reel, whatever it was. There was a little toddler sitting on his high chair and describing in a very cute way what he's going to eat. So just imagine that, that the beautiful plate actually in the uh, shape of some animal. And uh, he's explaining, I will be eating this veggie, I will be eating this rice, I will be eating something else. And towards the end of what I thought was beautifully done encouragement for parents and kids to work on food, we hear the voice of an adult whispering, but before we eat, we remember. And the child finishes the prayer. So uh, that finishes with the fact that the boy goes on talking that if he will not pray before his beautiful meal, the devil will come and the devil will uh, be there. And he shows even with his hands the gesture how he will have his horns. And he goes on and on that the horns might grow on him if he doesn't pray b before eating his lunch. Honestly, I, I was mortified. I was really upset. <laughs> At, at the end of this video, the, the boy uh, recites very well-memorized prayer of blessing and we hear um, the whispering of an adult, good boy, comment in the background. But I cringe. I cringe because this adult and child portray God as the one who we should be aware of. We should be scared, actually. Obviously, in this video, the devil is the one to be scared of, not God. But certainly, whose love we need to work for, we need to earn God's favor in every small detail. That's not a great image of God. Please don't get me wrong. I'm all for the prayer and blessing. However, to change the focus from fear to gratitude might be the very first shift to make. Let us be grateful for our food. Because loving God provides us with this food. God did not do it magically. He did it through people. 
Mom and dad worked for it. Someone else produced it. Someone else put it in our store shelves. Someone else cooked it. Can you see what I just did? Created a little chain of gratitude which makes us to think about others instead of how wonderful we are for praying before meal and escaping going to hell and becoming the devil with the horn. So the very first and essential thing that I see, we cannot impress God because, because God doesn't want to be impressed. In a similar way, as we talked about disappointment, God wants us to recognize his unconditional life. Well, I don't know how else we can unpack this word. Unconditional, it's without condition. If we see just that, unconditional love, and if we try to imitate it, we can say that we will be more like God. Why? Because love comes from loving yourself and others without conditions. How often do we try to please others? How often do we project the pleasing attitudes towards God and feel unworthy or not enough? Consequently, we feel that whatever we will do, whatever we do right now, doesn't really matter to God. And we have those feelings because we were not appreciated and let down by other humans. And the human way is the only way we can understand God. This is the hardest part, that we have only human way to understand God. There is no uh, godly way to understand God. We have experiences of God's love, but the only way of comprehension is through what we know as human being. And I think that uh, this is the moment when I would like to simply say, there are some people, and this is not given that everyone will experience that, that they feel God's presence in some moments in a very special way. That they feel God's presence throughout their life in a very special way. That they will say, to be close to God, it's really very hard to describe. Those moments of experiencing unconditional love of God is something what uh, cannot be taught. We can learn more and more about God. But we can only experience his love through special moments of his grace, events, and of course our openness to this. However, no matter what we do, we cannot enter into transactions. God, well, I will not eat meat on Fridays and ever since uh, I have not done that, then you will give me reward for this and for that. And once more, I'm not trying to diminish the value of, for example, not eating meat on Fridays, because many of us observe such a practice, and it's a very good practice, especially during Lent. But what I'm saying is that 
if the motivation is to impress God, this is not going to work this way. And if the in uh, your intention is to actually try to do something in order to get some graces from God, that doesn't work that way. Well, there is another side of impressing God, which probably might be a little bit out of people's awareness. Some of us, and I would say all of us at some stage in our life, think that we are even better than God. The attitude of being arrogant, self-sufficient, puffed up and proud can leave us to illusion that we are better than God. Well, one of the stories that comes to my mind right away is the story of Titanic, right? Unbreakable, sorry, difficult word to say. Unbreakable, unbreakable Titanic. And look what happened to that. So, is God impressed by our goodness? By our cleverness? By our abilities? He is and he isn't. We cannot really add something to what God already is. So in a sense, we cannot surprise him by what we do. But this is a little bit different to what I wanted to say in the next part of my sharing. If we cannot impress God, does it really matter what we do? It does. It totally does. Never, ever, ever, please think about the fact that, well, doesn't really matter what I do because God is still bigger, but God, because God is better and because we cannot disappoint him and he will forgive us. All of this are true, but we cannot manipulate with that. God is not disappointed in us, but he still wants us to take efforts, put efforts in what we do. And... In a sense, we can impress God. And I will use a couple of maybe examples again from life to try to prove my little point of in a sense, we can. So imagine a little child. Oh, you have seen many of those, have you? You have been one of those when you were little as well. What does little child does, even on the playground or at home or wherever else? Well, simple things that you will say are absolutely nothing. Like, I don't know, standing up, walking, uh, picking up the stick from the ground, throwing something. Depends on developmental stage. And if child has a good relationship with mom or dad, who is watching him or her, they will do something what you are so familiar with. They will start shouting to get your attention, saying, Mommy, Mommy, Daddy, Daddy, look at me, look at me. Look what I have done. Look what I did. And what would you do then? You will clap. You will uh, be very happy for your child to be able to achieve that. And you know that it is absolutely nothing. But you know also that this is absolutely everything, everything what this child could do at this very moment, because this is enough, or maybe this is even more than this child could do at this stage of his or her development. So, 
this is a little bit of what I'm trying to get into saying, yes, we can impress God because God can be happy for us, for our best, for our reaching milestone in our life development. If God is love, then we impress him when we represent his love. So, just following the example which I have given, God is delighted in his creatures. And when he created man and woman back in the Old Testament story of creation, he said that they were very good. Everything was good, but Adam and Eve were very good. So I replace the word impress in a sense with delight, deep love, admiration, eternal and unconditional acceptance. So when God sees us walking on earth and doing something good that takes us out of our own ego, when he sees how much we are his imprint, his impression, he is delighted. God is delighted in us. Just recently, I have participated in the scripture night uh, about the readings for Pentecost. Something what I pondered about when I was listening to that lecture was the fact uh, that I didn't really realize about the connection between the Old Testament story about building the um, Tower of Babel and the Pentecost itself. So let's just recap this a little bit. The Babel Tower. People wanted to be like God. People wanted to prove to God that they are better, that they are bigger, that they are even smarter than him. So they started to build this enormous tower. And as they were higher and higher and more and more concentrated on themselves, then God stepped in. He mixed their languages. He changed their plan. He showed them that he is God and they are not bigger than him. So ever since people of all the nations were speaking different languages, they attempt to be bigger than God, didn't go that well. So striving to show who we are and forgetting where our power and awesomeness come from leads to a big fall, to a big failure. What happened during the Pentecost, on the other hand, was that the disciples were able to understand other languages again. And they were given superpowers from God, which made them able to go and spread his kingdom. Our openness to God's undeserved gifts made them stronger than ever. It made them impressed by the fact that like Jesus, they were able to preach, heal, perform any kind of miracles but not by their power, but the power of God. 
So if there is something what amazes you, and I don't know about you, but there are things that amaze me every single day of my life, maybe that there is a piece of technology, a cure for incurable disease, maybe, I don't know, a great new Lamborghini if you are into cars. Uh, it is there, all of those things and many, many, many more. Because God had given us the ability to create it. What we know and use from the gift of our life is only a fraction of what God really is. If you see the amazing acts of kindness, if you see the love that changes someone else's life, this is the moment when we are not only impressed by the other human being, but this should be moments when we should be impressed by God who made us this way and who make us able to be like him. Impressing God is trying to be more and more like him in his image, image of love. So can we impress God? That was the question which we started with. Well, yes and no, it's still my answer. What we can do and what we are called to do is to strive to leave his image, to be an impression of his love, imprint of his love in our lives. So I don't know if you're a parent, you have plenty of opportunities to practice that. If you are not, you are too. It's just a different context. But what I would like to encourage you to do as a practical exercise after listening to this reflection, it's an appreciation. So once more, if you are mom or dad, when you see your child achieving some milestones, really getting into something good, be proud with a good pride. Say inside yourself, this is my girl, that's my boy. If you are someone who is close to your friends and see some goodness in them, send a little message of appreciation and validation. Because even our friends, our family, people the closest to us, are still the signs of God. And when we use those words, we can recognize the greatness of God. We can be thankful, grateful for the gifts we have because we have an amazing God who gave it to us. So this week... I wish you all many whoa <laughs> moments. Hope you will discover loving presence of God in all that you are and do. Have a little ponder and think about how awesome the gift of life is and how gifted we are to unpack it here on earth for whatever length of our life is.
each of us is a wow son and daughter of a loving God. Let's be impressed by that this week and let make our Creator proud in this way. May He be delighted in us, His creation, out of love, unconditional love, always. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope that you will tune in again. Please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave your review. Feel welcome to visit my website, seekinggodsgrace.com, and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again. Every blessing to you and your loved ones. Talk again soon.